Hey, welcome back. It's three weeks today. Yes, three weeks. Day 21. Proud of you guys. Yes, I am too. Way to go. Way to go. So yesterday we left off with uh, a lot of talk about Jacob and Esau. Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Isaac kind of got shuffled around the land, kind of pushed around a little bit by the Canaanites that were there filling in his wells. But eventually he landed in the right place, got a well dug, got some water out of it. And then we leave off hearing about the descendants of Ishmael. Mm. And so now we're going to pick up with a longer version of a story that we've already read here in Genesis 27. Genesis chapter... Or I guess the follow... I should say the follow-up of the story oh, that we've already heard. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, 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 that's right. We got you. Right, we got you. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the New Living Translation, the NLT. Uh, Genesis chapter 27. Jacob steals Esau's blessing. Well, one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son... Yes, father, Esau replied. I'm an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I'll pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. But Rebekah overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then I will then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, My brother Esau is a hairy man, and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him, and then he'll curse me instead of bless me. But his mother replied, Then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal, just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat and so you can give me your blessing. Well, Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Ooh, then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went, oh, sorry. I'm excited. I'm excited. Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau? He asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Well, then Isaac said, now, my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I'll give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. 
So Jacob went over and kissed him, and when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants, and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to, to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, Sit up, my father, and eat my wild game, so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, Who are you? Esau replied, It's your son, your firstborn Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, Then who just served me my wild game? I've already eaten it, and I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. Finally, his father Isaac said to him, you will live away from the riches of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Jacob flees to Padanaram. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But Rebekah heard about Esau's plans. So she sent for Jacob and told him, listen, Esau is consoling himself by plotting to kill you. So listen, carefully, my son, get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. When he calms down and forgets what you've done to him, I will send for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I am sick and tired of these local Hittite women. I would rather die than see Jacob marry one of them. Yeah, Genesis 28. So Isaac called for Jacob, uh, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padan Aram, to the, pal to the house of your grandmother Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become Many nations, may God pass on to you and to your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner, for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean. Esau knew that his father Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to find a wife, and that he had warned Jacob that you must not marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had obeyed his parents and gone to Padan Aram. It was now very clear to Esau that his father did not like the local Canaanite women. 
So Esau visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one of Ishmael's daughters in addition to the wives he already had. His new wife's name was Mahalath. She was the sister of Nebaioth and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Jacob's dream at Bethel. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to the heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At well, at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you, and I'm giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I'll bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Well, the next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil all over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Jacob arrives at Padan Aram. This is Genesis chapter 29. Then Jacob, he hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked? Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked? Yeah, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flocks now. Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out to pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well and uh, we water all the sheep and the goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, and she was, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebekah. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. 
When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood. Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. Well, now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah. The younger daughter was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel, she had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. <laughs> but when Jacob woke up in the morning, guess what? It was Leah. Wow. What have you done to me, Jacob said, to, uh, raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over, then we'll give you Rachel too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. Well, Jacob was in love, so he agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. Jacob's many children. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon, for she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved, and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He was named Levi, for she said, Surely this time my husband will feel affection for me, since I have given him three sons. Once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. Wow. Man. Okay. Woo! A lot in there. I tell you, that's that's what, yeah, Genesis has a bunch of stuff. So, yes, I I misspoke at the beginning and said that it was a longer version. What I meant is it's the follow-up. First he steals yeah. the birthright, then the long version of him robbing his brother comes in. Yeah, yeah. So, just wanted to be clear for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Eric. That was very good. And yep. that kind of leads into the, so what? Let's hear it, There's yeah. a couple maybe. But, yeah, oh, yeah. But I thought about that, you know, um... So he, he tricked, right? He tricked his brother, and then he was tricked. Yeah, he sure was. You know, uh, Jacob was tricked. He, he was a trickster, you know, and um, uh, it, with the help of his mom. But he was a trickster, and then he was tricked. And then he was like, this is terrible. Yeah. Well, what have you done to me? Right. Act like it's never happened before. Like, okay. Right, right. You know, and so many times, you know, um, uh, you know, it's... It's kind of like that principle, you know, we apply it to money a lot, but, you know, what, what do you, uh, you reap what you sow, mm -hmm. 
you reap what you sow, and that includes behavior. And so, um, you know, he's planting behavior, sowing this kind of behavior, and now he's reaping it and experiencing it, and, and he learns firsthand how terrible it is. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, I, I think um, the so what for me is where Jacob's dream at Bethel. Um, man, there's a bunch of so what's here. Um, but the, I'll, I'll land on this one. He took a stone that he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. So there's a principle that we're going to learn throughout the Old Testament of, of what's known as standing stones. Yeah. Yep. And those are memorials. You'll, we'll see it over and over again where, where they put these standing stones or these pillars or memorials up based on what God did and mm-hmm. what the experience with God. And I think that's something we can take away from that. Like God does a lot of great things for us. So what are those standing stones? What are those things that we can remember? Maybe you write it down or maybe you buy a, a picture or a plaque or something or uh, put it in your Bible or circle it or, or whatever it may be. Uh, those things that you can always go back to to remember how God was faithful. I think we would do well to always remember how God has been faithful to us and has kept his promises with us. And that's what that's what Jacob did. He set it up so he wouldn't forget, and it happens over and over yeah. again. These standing stones as a memorial reminder of how great God is. We go through hard times and we think, oh, this is terrible, but let's look back at these things that God mm-hmm. has done. And we have some so of these true. in our home that we've set up that are reminders of God's faithfulness through the years. Mm. And it's very helpful. That's really cool. Very helpful, yeah. That's really cool. Well, I'm going to build off of the dream of Bethel here. Okay. uh, Because no one has seen God the Father, right? No one has seen God the Father. And so as we look at the the Old Testament, we sometimes will see, here's a big theology word for you if you're listening, uh, we'll see Christophanes. Now, Christophanies are appearances of the second person of the Trinity before Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, he was preexistent from the beginning of time. And so when he stands there and says, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, when he says that, mm-hmm. this is, this is in, in, uh, Jacob is seeing him. This is Jesus, not, you know, not mm-hmm. the, the human Jesus mm-hmm. that we'll see later on, but this yeah. is the second person of the Trinity, the Son, Powerful. standing there in this dream, meeting yeah. him. And if you think about what he's promising to Jacob, that all the descendants, all the people on earth will be blessed, um, that came through his death. Hmm. So he's standing there in Jacob's dream telling him, hmm. you're going to be blessed. And, you know, Moses didn't know that when he was writing this. Jacob didn't know that when he was experiencing this. Right. But we know that on right. this side of history, that yeah. this story yeah. is Jesus promising to come and bless yeah. the world through his own death. So that's one place to see Jesus. Another one is uh, the unloved wife of Jacob. Oh, yeah. Uh, is oh. the mother of Judah. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. know Jesus is the right. lion from the tribe of Judah, that, yeah. that this would be one of his ancestors from the unloved yeah. wife. And again, we see the ugliness. We see... Uh, you know, the lies that Laban told to get Leah married off. We mm. see the manipulation. We see the sin, the imperfection of these people that make up the line of Jesus. And it's not a requirement that they're perfect people. God mm. has a plan. And because of Jesus, their imperfection can even be used. Mm. So that's where I see Jesus in the text mm. t- today. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, All right. You guys did it. Hope you have a great day today. I think many of you listen to it in the morning, maybe in the evening. I don't know when you listen to it, but hope you have a great day. Hope yeah. it goes well. Hope it's productive. Get a good night's sleep. Powerful. Yes. Yes. 
We'll see you tomorrow. What's it? What's tomorrow? Day number twenty-two. 22. Can't dad, wait. My dad's birthday tomorrow. Oh, all right. All right. Let's do oh, it. Oh yeah. See you guys. Bye. Bye.